0: Be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. You have to be strong in in yourself. Be strong in the Lord and His power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood but against evil rulers and authorities of an unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Ding, 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 you are in a fight. You didn't know that. So uh, turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor, get your dukes up, get your dukes up, all right? All right, some of you all are not doing this, all right? Look at them and say, you are not my enemy, all right? Just go ahead, all right? All right, some of, some of you, I can tell you're married, and you're kind of like, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but you are in a battle, and the devil has strategies. You have an invisible enemy who has strategies, and we know them. We're going to go over some of them. One of them is he just doesn't even want you to know about this. He wants you unaware is a strategy. He does not want you to know about this battle. He's not happy that you are here and that you're going to hear this message, wrestle with it, and now have to go fight this battle, all right? He would rather convince you hell's not real, or if you think it's real, he would rather convince you that it's not that big of a deal. But this is a real battle, and this is a real fight that we face. So, good news, we're not not totally unprepared, we're not totally unresourced here. We got God on our side, he's victorious, and he's gonna help us walk through this battle. Therefore, put on every piece, you got to put it all on, put it all on, every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy, and, and then after the battle, you will be standing firm. You will be standing victorious, even though we got to go through some stuff. And so he says, stand your ground. Now, if you have old school Bible, the literal, trans- literal translation is, gird your loins. Which uh, sounds, if I'm a middle school boy, I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, I'm like, gird your loins. Makes no sense. But basically, he says, buckle up, buckle up. He, he's going to give us this outfit of a Roman centurion, and we're going from like patrol mode to now they got that little, like, I don't know, toga looking thing, and they're like strapped up ready for battle. And this is a move. This is a, a the, 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 The uh, stance that is being taken is not defensive. It is one that is on the move and offensive. Gird your loins. Buckle up. We're in a fight. And he says, put on the belt of truth. First thing around your core, this kind of girdle thing that they're going to wear is truth. You're going to operate it. Your core needs this solid foundation of truth. Put on the body armor of God's righteousness or the breastplate. That's going to guard your heart. I'm going to align my life according to this truth. This is the train track that I want to run on. And I'm, I'm saying, yes, I'm going to guard my heart. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news, the gospel. So you'll be fully prepared. This is going to be rocky terrain. And these centurions had on like cleats. You're going to go through some rough stuff. Nothing more firm of a foundation than the gospel. Then, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows from the devil. Now hold up, hold up. Wait a minute, I was fine with getting into the word. I'm fine with the gospel, but now I got flaming arrows coming at me. Like immediately, no. (laughs) All right, I've already seen everything I've needed to see here, and no, I want no part of that. But here they come. Hold up that shield of faith. Put on the salvation as your helmet. Your mind is a big part of this battle. And take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray. How do you fight an invisible enemy? How do you fight in this heavenly realm? Prayer gets you there. Pray in the Spirit at all times and every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plans that the good news to the Jews and the Gentiles alike. I am in chains now. What's that have to say about Paul who's writing this? He's in prison. This great glorious plan. I know you're like, he's in prison in chains now, but I love it. This might one of my favorite verses of Scripture. I'm in prison now, still preaching. Paul's in a grave somewhere right now. Guess what? He's still preaching. We serve a God who's victorious, who can do things more than you and I can imagine. And he says, so pray that I will keep speaking boldly for him as I should. So as you take a seat today, we are going to take this position and we are going to take next steps of faith before you sit down. Greet two or three people, give them knuckles or an elbow or something like that, say, I'm glad you're here, and say hello to a few people in the room. And just this year, I think we're really going to tackle um, this idea of faith. And we say that term and we throw it around a lot in church world, as it should be, but I want to explore different aspects of faith. Um, It's more than just the belief. It's an active thing, as we'll see. But in the coming weeks, we're gonna, today's gonna be like walking faith, like taking steps. But also next week, we're gonna talk about like a talking faith. Like, it's not so much like name it and claim it, but on the other end of the spectrum, I think a lot of Christians are just silent. We don't don't even express our faith and, and say, this is what I'm believing for. Last week, we had a God can here for those who were here last week, and that was a way of, of speaking it out. We said, I am believing in Jesus, or the area I need Jesus to move most in my life is, and then you wrote that down, and we were able to read over those and pray over those on what you wrote down. That's, that's speaking it out. It's gone from your head to now I'm starting to say, this is what I believe in Jesus for in 2022, and start speaking that out. We're going to talk about a generous faith. We're going to talk about um, a faith that waits. Sometimes faith is not taking a step. Sometimes faith is waiting on God. We're going to talk about a tested faith because your faith will be tested as well. And so i want going to explore all of these because it's raw it's not this flannel graph picture Sunday school. Oh, I got the armor of God on, and look at me. I got my pretty little shield. It's a battle. And I, and I want to say it, it is a faith worth following. That's going to be the kind of the theme of this, is a faith that is worth following. What is a, a disciple? We are, we are called to go and make disciples. What is a disciple of Jesus? It is a follower of Jesus, meaning they actually follow him, meaning they actually took next steps and walked with him. And as disciples, as followers, we are to be walking and obediently taking those next steps of faith. That's a follower. Now, as I'm kind of thinking about this, I got a picture of my household, as we try to take our next steps out of the house to go to—I don't know—any place ever. All right, normal people. When you leave the house, it just kind of goes like, "Hey, are you ready to go?" Yeah, let's go. Boom, boom, and we leave. My house. We're late. Get downstairs. Where's your shoes? Where are your shoes? I don't know. Have you brushed your teeth yet? Why have you brushed your teeth? I don't know where his shoes are. I can't find the shoes. You don't even have socks. Where are the socks? I don't, and then you're getting the, the, uh, the shirt on. You're like, arms up, arms up. Come on. Have You you still haven't brushed your teeth. Why have you not brushed your teeth? Then you get the shoes. And you know those shoes where you're like trying to cram them on. You're like, I can't even get it in there. Where's We got bigger shoes. I don't know. Anybody with me with kids? All right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating because it seems like nobody's following what they're supposed to be doing every single day. Now, they're just as frustrated with me because I'm not helpful in this situation either. I think when it comes to following Jesus, and taking our next steps of faith, I don't see God angrily (laughs) coming at us, being frustrated, but I think he's told us what we need to do next. And many of us stubbornly go and do our own thing. And to an outside world looking in, when Christians don't follow Jesus, they look at it and see Christianity, this faith, this hope, this joy, this peace, it seems so inconsequential. But when when you get a community of believers who obediently take those next steps of faith, who live this thing out, all of a sudden, it starts to open the eyes of people. And and not only does God start working in you and breaking some chains in your own life, but it starts to give hope to other people around you to say, you know what, I think that is a faith worth following. So if you're in here and you're kind of, Checking out Christianity, maybe a little bit like spiritually curious, or if you're online checking this out, I'm glad you're here because I think as we journey through this series, there's going to be things we talk about in faith. Even if you don't fully embrace Jesus, I think you're going to want this in your life. I think you're going to want to, you know what, I want to be generous. I want to live on purpose. I want to have me, I don't want to be known as someone who's stingy, right? If you are a follower of Jesus, and you are checking this out, this is going to be a message series to say, get to step in, Buckle up. Take those next steps of faith. Lukewarm Christianity. Lukewarm Christianity, as it says in Revelations, makes God want to... Bah! It has no place. He'll spit it out. So this is an active faith. A faith worth following. And... For us, a lot of us, we need to give our faith a job. We need to we need to get it in gear and give it some action. Some of you, you might have wrote down, I know a lot of people wrote down relationships, some sort of relationship for their God can. I'm asking Jesus to move in my marriage. I'm asking, I need a friend. And so you might... You might get in an area where you're like, hey, I have, this person could be a friend. I think we could be vulnerable. I think we could laugh. I think we could connect and spend time together. But you won't experience the full benefit of that friendship until you are vulnerable. You have to act on that. I want to get healthy. I want to do, I want to exercise. And you might have full faith in your exercise routine, but you won't experience the full benefit Of your health until you actually wake your butt up, get over to the gym, and put some perspiration behind what you purpose to do. You have to be active in your faith. So we have this belief that, hey, I need Jesus to move in this area, but faith doesn't stop at a want or a wish. Faith is I'm going to put this thing into action. Thus we have the shield of faith that I want to talk about today. He says he says to uh, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. I want to focus in on this today. Let's talk about this shield real fast. What does it look like? Looks more like a a, a door, a two foot by four foot door that these Roman centurions would carry. So we got a couple pictures of what these might look like. And they would go into battle um, holding these these shields. All right. Let's go ahead and go to the next picture, John. And happy birthday, by the way. Thank you for for serving. And um, and just hope you have a a great day today. Now... When they would go into battle, this would be like the turtle shell form, that they could lock these shields together and protect themselves from arrows coming in. But they could also create a formation where they could move forward together. Now, the enemy's ultimate goal, think about this, think about this, fiery arrows. These weren't necessarily meant to kill. Fiery arrows were meant to set things on fire. So they might aim at other things besides the people in order to set some things ablaze, in order to distract the unit, hoping that they would wander off alone. Which if you're not in a connect group and you're not doing life together, you are wandering this spiritual battle alone. Which you were not intended to do. And the enemy has you right where he wants you alone. You need to be connected, doing life together, being vulnerable, taking a risk, sharing struggles, praying for one another. Paul said, Pray, pray for one another. These are spiritual battles that we're facing. So the enemy wants you unaware. That's a strategy. The strategies of the devil. He will distract you, he will get you so wound up and so busy to get you distracted with these fiery arrows. He'll discourage you. Listen, this is not, this is, the enemy is ruthless. What do we know when, when Jesus talks about the enemy? He says he's the, he's the father of lies. He says the enemy's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. God gives the enemy in Job a little bit of room, said, okay, you can do some things. He gives them boundaries, and the enemy just guts them. This is a ruthless battle. And so he will discourage you. He will throw things your way that just totally decimate you, discourage you to where you don't want to take any steps of faith anymore. He'll make you discontent. He'll get you. He'll start early. He'll start early in life. Teenagers, he will get you off on other things, and this goes for adults too, to where you see what they have and what you don't have, and you'll start worrying about this and worrying about this, and, for, and as soon, if, before you even know it, you're distracted by the flaming arrows, and you're going and chasing, and you're trying to put out fires. He'll use the strategy of division. He'll come right after your marriage. He'll come right after your relationship with your kids or your parents. He's going to want you so distraught over relational things that you can't even think about godly things. He'll go right for the core. You have a mission. You have a calling. You have victory. As it says in Ephesians 1, 3, he sets up this letter. He says, you have every spiritual blessing that you need from God. It's all there, given to you. Yet we will stay complacent and in place, afraid, paralyzed, stuck, chained, unable to move. And this is not God's intent for you. He'll go right to your core. I'll give you a little bit of vulnerability and insight to me. He'll go after my calling. One of the main areas when I know this is coming after me, I, I, it's not usually not something physical. It's more mental up here, and he'll go right after my calling. My, I know what my calling is. It is to, to be a pastor. And it, he called me to lead Freedom Church, but he'll come right after me and say, hey, you, you quit the lab. You started out the, at the lab, and then you quit there. And then you were at First Baptist, and guess what? You quit there. That's what you are. You are a quitter. You're going to quit Freedom Church. You are a quitter, because that's what you do. And you might think, well, that, that, that's an obvious lie, but he will come right after me, come after my relationships. Your family. They don't like you. They, they don't really want you or need you. You just yell at them every single morning. Like, it would be better off if you weren't in the picture. And he will come right after me. And if I will linger in that long enough, it starts to snowball really bad. He'll go right after my insecurities, and he knows what yours are, and he'll come right after that. He knows what the temptations are, and he will bring them. To you, fiery arrows. Now, how do you how do you how do you how do we deal with this? This sounds kind of dark, kind of heavy. You have equipment, you have a shield of faith. Faith, a next step forward of obedient faith extinguishes the flaming arrows. When you obediently take that next step of faith, you start to take away the enemy's attack. And that's the focus. That's the focus of faith. How do I fight all these things? It feels like there's wildfires raging around. Here's the simple answer, take a next step of faith. What is it at your gut? What is it at your core that God is calling you to do? Is He calling you into adoption? Is that something that you know He's calling you to do? Then do that. Is He calling you to go to church? Like, hey, be more consistent at church. Do that. Is He calling you to get into His Word? Do that. Is He calling you to write that book? Write the book. Is he calling you to get baptized like you? Hey, I'm following Jesus, but I've never made that public. Do that. Whatever it is that he's calling you to do. If he's saying, hey, be more generous. Come with an open hand with your finances. Be more generous. That shields up. When you start doing that, whatever that he's calling you to do, that shields up, extinguishing faith, taking next steps right there. And you might be saying, Mike, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't have a next step. Okay, let me help you out there, too. Because sometimes I don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Huh? <laughs> what? When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Go to church. Get in God's Word. Pray serve other people, get in community with other people. Why? Why those things? That sounds so legalistic. No, that gets me in environments to hear from God. I don't know what to do, so I'm going to intentionally do what I know to do, put myself in environments to hear from God, so when I do hear from Him, now I can take that next step of faith. This is is where you start to, to... Join in with the people of scripture. It starts to come alive. Noah, go build a, a boat, an ark. What? Why? Because it's gonna rain. It's never what's rain? It's never rained before. Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take your family and go to a place that I will show you. No, 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 no. Like, where are we gonna go? I'll, I'll show you. No, tell me first where we're going to go. And then I'll, I'll talk with the wife and the kids and everyone else because that's going to be a lot, you know, like I need a plan. Faith! You're not going to have all the details on this next step. You're not going to have guarantee of success. It is an invisible battle. But if you would obediently take that risk and next step of faith, this is David getting taunted by Goliath. And, and David looks at Goliath and says, you come at me with a sword but I come at you in the name of God, the Lord of of heaven's armies. And you're going down today, taking steps of faith. When you do this, you join the disciples, the followers of Jesus, as they followed him, taking next steps of faith. This, I want want to show you, Linda and Rendell, they read it earlier. Peter in Luke chapter 5 says, When he had finished speaking, so set up a little bit of context here. Peter's on his boat, finishing a night of fishing where he caught nothing, extremely discouraged. Jesus is teaching some of his disciples, and as he's teaching, he says, Hi, hey, Peter, let me teach from your boat. And so, Jesus comes in and preaches a sermon. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Here's what I love. This is so Jesus. You're going to hear. It's Peter sat through that whole sermon. All right. Jesus is preaching in his boat. You're going to hear a sermon. God, God's going to take all this time. You're going to hear this. And then he's going to give you a next step. I'm not Jesus, but I hope Jesus speaks to you in this environment and gives you a next step. So he says, hey, your next step, Peter, go and let down your nets to catch some fish. You hear a sermon, now go act on it. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and we didn't catch a thing. You can kind of hear the discouragement. You can hear the discontent. But this is faith. This is faith. But if you say so, I'll let, na- let down the nets again. Now, I have the spiritual ability to rationalize. <laughs> Anybody else? have the ability when God gives you a next step and you're just like, oh, well, let's rationalize what you're calling me to do here. That's, let me just tell you uh, reason one, two, three, four, and through a hundred as to why that's really not a good idea. It's a terrible plan. Like, let's wait till tomorrow when I'm rested Let's see, when we're driving past Conical Hill, is the, is the light going to be red or green? If it's green, then I know it's a green light, and we'll go forward on this. Like, let's try to test this out again. I'll I wait until all the dots connect, Jesus, and then we will move forward on your request. I rationalize. But the next step is clear. I would rationalize and say, hey, you know what? If you catch, want me to catch this, Jesus... Why don't you, instead of, hey, go cast your net into the sea, why don't you just tell those fish, say, hey, fish, jump in the boat. You're going to tell them to jump into the net. Why don't you just tell them to make it happen and jump in the boat? That would be much easier, right? But God, in his way of working in your life, wants you to be part of the process. He's going to give you an action step as he's working miracles in you and through you in your life. This is faith. to say Amen, I'm going to go, and I'm going to take that next step, and I will wait to see what God has for you on the other side. Now, the enemy wants no part of this. The enemy wants you to stay stuck, wants you unaware, doesn't want you to know that taking the next step of faith is actually what puts out the fires in your life. He wants, you will stop, because I get, this is where this is heavy part of the message, is he, he you're going to go take a next step of faith, and now the arrows come. Arrows don't come until you start stepping. You stay in place, he's got you right where he wants you. You don't move. You, you just, all right, I'll kind to of just consume, and, and no doing, no moving. Satan's got you right where he wants you because you have no impact for the kingdom. But as soon as you start taking the step of faith, you got a big bullseye on your back. You are now a threat. And he doesn't want any part of that. Now, this isn't fun, but I'm telling you, you are resourced. God hasn't left you empty-handed. In fact, this is the sort of stuff where Paul, who is in chains, is writing this letter. And he says in, the, in verse 3 of chapter 1, he says, you got every spiritual blessing that you need. The whole first five chapters, he's trying to tell you about this amazing inheritance and victory that you have. And then in chapter 6, he's kind of saying, this is how we're going to fight the battle. He says in chapter 3, he says, may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. It's infinite. You can't even imagine how great it is. May you experience the love of Christ, Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. This is yours. It's not leaving you. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It is yours. Yet Satan's going to try to rob you and make you question that love. And it's with you. He says, then you will may be complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And so many times Christians don't feel like life is full and complete. We feel like we're missing out. And it's all right there. Now, all glory to God who is able through this mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or imagine. Paul says, I am in chains now, still preaching. And I don't know your story, but I know enough stories in here to know that we are all in some sort of chains wrapped up. And the enemy has bound you but keeps you stuck in your past. And you're thinking, I should be better now. I should be further along now. I want to do more, but I'm here. And I want to say I, I, I get that because I have my own vices and I have my own things. The enemy wants you stuck and chained. And one of my favorite verses here is Paul says, I'm in chains now, still preaching. There is a path forward are you today if you feel bound up there is a chain breaker if you would just take that step of faith I, 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 I gotta to think of Paul he would be in prison the guy who used to kill Christians is now in prison and, and in his if I'm in his position like well this is what you deserve you have this purpose to go and live out this mission and preach it but you killed Christians. So you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. You're supposed to be out there doing great and grand things. And yeah, you were doing that, but now you're locked up and you're shut up and you can't do anything. But Paul sees the victory through Christ that God can take anything evil and turn it to good. He's like, hey, you got a pen? You got a paper? I'll use that. I'm going to start writing some letters okay it's going to be midnight I don't gotta, I don't got a band I don't got a choir but I'm gonna start swing I'm going to start singing in prison I'm going to start praising God in prison because he's still on his throne and he can still work things in this in this what seems like a totally chaotic deba- debacle. I'm in chains now still preaching and Paul 2000 years later 2022 guess what he's still preaching. This is Ephesians 3 coming to life, that he can do immeasurably immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. So when you look at your situation as dire and as painful as it is, because there's no denying that life hurts, how are you looking at it? Whose perspective are you looking at it? Are you seeing all the flames and the arrows, thinking, ah, there's no way? Or are you leaning in to Jesus, putting on the full armor of Christ, and he's giving you a different perspective on how to take next steps of faith? As my wife and I kind of go through this journey, like as soon as we said yes to ministry, (laughs) there's too many times, too many arrows that come our way to count. When we see that, we've recognized we must be on the right track. We must be doing something going into enemy territory. We don't know exactly what, but we must be on the right track because this this is not fun. But we also believe there's something better on the other side. So keep going. Gird your loins, buckle up. This is the fight we're in. This is the fight you're in for your family, for your purpose, for his kingdom, for his glory, which is what we're living for. Peter, he sees, he sees this load of fish and it starts sinking the boat. And so it says that he, he signals the other people because he needs some help. In fact, in my translation, it says, a shout for help brought their partners in the, in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Now, I like the NLT translation. This is one of the few where it, it, doesn't, it doesn't capture it. He, they didn't shout. It's the Greek word, they signaled. I don't know why he didn't shout, but I wonder if he was speechless. Because he gets down and says, I'm a sinner. And I don't deserve any of this. I wonder what question that God wanted me to ask you today. When was the last time you were speechless before God? Where you were just in awe and wonder of his grace and his blessings, his presence in your life. Maybe you wept, maybe you were speechless, but you're just like, thank you. Despite all the discouragement that comes my way, I'm going to humbly submit myself to you, and I'm going to... So they left everything, they dropped their nets, their career, and they followed him. A faith worth following faith that cost them everything, their lives, but a faith that changed the world. See, the enemy does not want you to put on this full armor of God. He doesn't want you to know about this. He doesn't want you to know that you can defeat his strategies by just taking a next step of faith because he knows when you do, he does not stand a chance. So Paul says, therefore, let's stand, let's stand. I'm going to close out with this right here. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. We need it all. So you will, I love that, you will, you will, you will be able to resist the enemy. He's not LeBron James. He's not like you can't defend him. No, he's very defendable. His strategies haven't changed since the beginning. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm, victorious. It hurts. It's painful, but you will be standing firm. Let's pray. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired